Good morning, Journey Church, and welcome to another edition of Do You Remember? I've always wanted to be a game show host. I think that's a, that's, I don't know why they didn't call me when they were looking for somebody for Jeopardy, because I think I could do it. Uh, I think I could, I could do it quite well. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, I told, uh, I've told several people this morning that today's sermon is a lot like a children's book. Simple message, lots of pictures. So that's, I mean, if, if that is your, that is your lane, Judy, then today is for you. All right. All right. Good. Um, we're going to start off this morning with, with uh, some, some interaction, okay? So I need you guys to, to help me a little bit with this part. We're going to look at a few pictures, and I want you to tell me if you remember these things, okay? Um, millennials and, uh, and, and Gen Zers, we'll get to your stuff in a minute, so just sit tight, because some of this stuff, you're probably going to have no idea what it is, and that is okay. So let's look at the first one. Everybody know what that is? Yeah. This is where all the gossip happened at school, all right? Because, you know, you got up there with your friends, and you're sharpening your pencil, pencil, pencil whatever that thing's called. Uh, my kids today have no concept of what this is because, you know, they, they each have a small one that they carry with them uh, in, their, in their pencil bag, but, but this was fun. Um, all right, let's look at the next one. This has got two on. On the left, if you can't see what that is, you may not know. Yes. So let me tell you something. Um, my first job when I was 16 years old uh, was at a, another church here in town, and uh, the janitor had to have some surgery, and so I got to be a janitor, and I use that term loosely because I think most of the time I was just hiding in the buildings away from people so I didn't have to be a janitor. Uh, but we had one of these Coke machines there in the office, and um, there were little 8 or 10-ounce glass bottles, if you remember, and Coke just seemed to taste better out of one of these things. And it was awesome. It cost a quarter. I don't know. whether Now it's like $2, I think. I don't know. I don't ever get anything out of a Coke machine. All right, who remembers certs? You guys remember that? Uh, there was an older gentleman in my church growing up who was a close talker. You get right here. And he needed certs. And, uh, you know, he was the, the guy that you would talk to and you would keep you wouldn't breathe for a few seconds um, out of your own safety. All right, let's look at, at the next one here. Who knows what that is on the left? That's right. For, it's for a 45. I remember um, I had an old stereo when I was little that had a record player, and um, I think it also had an 8-track and a cassette. I mean, this thing could play everything. And um, I would get, you know, nowadays you can buy those children's books that have the buttons that will read it along with you, and then as you turn the page, you hit this button. Well, I had one that you had a little 45 record and would read to you, but you had to have that little adapter thing. I don't know what the actual term for it is in order to play uh, the 45. Who, who has those cups on the right? Anybody in here? Okay, so let me tell you something. Amanda and I have some of these. I first discovered these because my granny had them. And the best thing in the world is to put two scoops of chocolate ice cream in it and then pour white milk over it. It, like, instantly freezes. It's the best thing ever. So they're like little aluminum cups. All right, let's go to the next one. Anybody have this? Rusty, you have it? So I have a funny story about this. I don't know that it was this exact one, but it was very similar. Growing up, my mom had this, and it was very heavy. And she used it, I think, as a doorstop for their master bedroom door. 
And I don't remember how old I was exactly, but I remember we lived in Olson Park. And I was young enough that I remember my mom telling me one night before I went to bed, okay, look, if you, if you, if you need to get up to use the bathroom in the night, it's okay. But, you know, be quiet and whatever. Well, naturally, you, you tell a, however old I was. I, if I was in that house, I was probably four, and I don't know how I can remember this. So what that meant was that night I needed to get up. So I, I got up to go to the bathroom, and I guess it, I'd never gotten up before, and I guess it scared my mom and dad. And I'm coming to walk out of the bathroom, and my dad, who's back there running sound, had this statue, or our version of it, in his hands, and was standing outside the bathroom door like this, because they thought somebody had, had broke in. So I had to go to the bathroom again after that. Um, anyway, I call it the statue of death. So... Uh, I love you this much that I'm going to hit you over the head with it. All right, let's look at the next one. All right, now, now we're getting a little bit closer. Who had one of these? Blockbuster was where it was at on Friday nights. This was a great time, and it never failed that one brand new movie you wanted to get that they had 25 of would always be gone. Uh, but Blockbuster, uh, that, that is, a, that is a, a store that I, I could not have ever imagined would be closed down. You know, there's like a blockbuster in, I think it's in Alaska, that's become an Airbnb, and you can rent it out for the night and spend the night there. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. All right, let's look at the next one. Remember Microsoft Word Art? Uh, there are still a lot of churches in our country that use this, and they need to stop. Um, now, Word Art, Word Art was the greatest thing ever because you could take your text and make it look fancy and make it look really neat. Um, I don't even know. I don't. I have a, a Mac, so I don't even know if word art is still a thing anymore. Um, I hope not. Uh, let's go to the next one. Who remembers this? A Scantron. Yes. This is how we would take tests in high school and when I was in college because you 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 know it was multiple choice and you put it on there and then they could just feed all these through a little machine and it would grade them for the teachers. Um, again, pretty sure they don't use these anymore because even my uh, my kids that are in middle school and elementary school all have a Chromebook now that they, I think they do everything on. They don't even have textbooks anymore, um, which is crazy. They'll never know what it was like to take a paper bag and cut it and, and, and use that as your book cover. All right, continuing on. I saw another one of these. And it's not just the strength to roll it down, but have you thought for a minute that our kids probably wonder why when we go to push the button, we say, let's roll the window down? I never thought about that. And they were like, why do you say, you're not rolling any, you're pushing a button. So I don't know, what a, what a kid, like, push the window down? What, I don't know what they would say. My first car, second car, I don't know, had one of these. It was fun. You always had that left side, man. You had biceps. All right. Continue on. Now, this is me. Yeah. Shut it. This is me in second grade. I'm not quite sure what I was doing with the hair over the ears, but, um, you know, remembering back is fun. And then this is me, I believe, in third and fourth grade back when I played football. And um, I, I think that was softball. That wasn't even um, t-ball. But uh, I had all the equipment. I looked the part. I just was terrible. That's okay, though. Continuing on. That was my freshman year of high school. I was sweet. And then here's my college graduation. I'm not entirely sure what I'm looking at. Um, 
I probably was. You know, that just seems like yesterday. You know, I, I'm sure you guys can think back to, to these moments in your life and, and, and you think, you know, this just, that just seemed like yesterday that that happened. We should remember things. It's important for us to remember things in our lives and remember these and to laugh and to think back. You know, Amanda and I were talking about this yesterday. We were driving down the street at 45th and Coulter. And uh, that is a very, very busy intersection. And we were talking about that Walmart that's right there in the Colony subdivision. And, and I told her, I said, I can't even remember the Walmart not being there. I remember when there was a Walmart where United is now at 45th and Bell when they, they used to just be a Walmart and not have the grocery store. But I can't even remember that super center being built. And I sure can't remember all of those houses where the colonies are just being a field. I can't remember. And I said, I wish that we could push a button and for a few minutes be able to see what something looked like at a certain point in time. Like, say, you know, at that point there, say, okay, go back to 1995. What did this intersection look like? What happened? There's so much change that has happened. It's good for us to remember. In Psalm 143.5, it says, I remembered the old days when over all you've done, pondered the ways you've worked. And then in Isaiah, I love this one. It says, remember your history, your long and rich history. I am God, the only God you've ever had or ever will have, incomparable and irreplaceable. Sheldon and I always talk about, wouldn't it be neat if we could do that same thing here at Journey? Those of you that have only been here for a few years have no concept and idea of what this place used to look like. I've been here since January the 4th of 2004. That was the first Sunday I ever came here. And back then, I would have been standing outside because um, where the, the big columns are in the middle was actually the end of the building, and the, the, the worship center would only seat about 125 people. And the walls were blue, and the carpet was this kind of purple-maroon color. And the coffee bar wasn't there. That was a nursery. And it would be so neat to be able to, you know, lift up a door and see everything the way it was and see how we progressed and see what's happened. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to read a little bit, um, a little bit longer of a passage in Deuteronomy. And it's in chapter 8, and I'm reading out of the message today. Sheldon's been reading out of, uh, of that translation for a while, and I really like it. I love Deuteronomy. I love the story, um, even out of Exodus in the Old Testament, about the Israelites and how uh, they wandered around for 40 years and just all of the things they went through. And I think we can all relate to that in our own lives because sometimes we feel like we're in the desert and we're not sure what we're supposed to do. But chapter 8, verse 1 of Deuteronomy says, Keep and live out the entire commandment that I'm commanding you today so that you'll live and prosper and enter and own the land that God promised to your ancestors. Remember every road that God led you on for those 40 years in the wilderness, pushing you to your limits, testing you so that he would know what you were made of whether you would keep his commandments or not. He put you through hard times. He made you go hungry. Then he fed you with manna, something neither you nor your parents knew anything about. So you would learn that men and women don't live by bread only, 
We live by every word that comes from God's mouth. Your clothes didn't wear out, and your feet didn't blister those 40 years. You learned deep in your heart that God disciplines you in the same ways a father disciplines his child. We should remember the good and the bad. And we started off this morning, we looked at just kind of some silly things and some funny things, and we remember and kind of take a trip down memory lane. I know we do that a lot with our families, or we do that with our friends, and we talk about times previous that, that make us feel good. But we need to remember the bad as well. You know, we, there's a very, very prominent quote that we all know that, about why it is that we should remember our past. Our past. It says that if, if we don't remember, that we're doomed to repeat it. There's a lot of things that happen in our lives that make us who we are today. I remember my granddad has always told me that when you're in the valley and when you're going through tough times, that's when you learn. That's when you rely on God. When you're on the mountain, it's great and it feels good and you're happy. But when you're in the valley, that's when you can look back in your life and say, you know, during that time, I couldn't see and I couldn't understand. I wasn't sure that I would see a victory. But looking back, I see that's where I learned this. That's when I learned to really trust God. There's some major events that have happened in our lifetime. Different things that we have gone through, whether on a global level that we've experienced in our country, our state, our city. Major things that happened that we look back and we remember. And so I want to show you a few pictures this morning. I want you to just look at them, and I'm not going to talk. Some of them were before we were born. But I want you to look at them. I want you to feel the emotion that comes from these pictures. never forget on Tuesday morning, September 11th, 2001, when I woke up. I lived in an apartment. I had a roommate. I was between jobs because I had been laid off from my job at Great Western Directories, and I was two weeks to the day from starting my new job at BSA. And I don't remember what I had done the night before, but I know me and some friends had stayed up late living in an apartment. I had a pool, and we would always get together and swim. And I think it was around 10 or 10.30, and I got up, and at that time, I was 23 years old, and one of the first things I would always do when I got up in the morning was I'd turn on the TV, and I'd turn it to ESPN to see what had happened the night before. And I turned it to ESPN, but it, it wasn't ESPN. It was the news. And I was like, what? You know, I didn't even pay attention to what they were saying. And I started flipping through the channels, and every single channel was talking about the same thing. 
Now, at that time, it was right after the second plane had hit. And they, at that point, weren't quite calling it a terrorist attack. All day long, I watched the news. All day the next day, I watched the news. In disbelief that in my country, something like this could happen. These are things that we read about in history books, not something that we're going to actually experience. And even though I wasn't experiencing it directly because I was safe in Amarillo, Texas, I was seeing what was happening in New York City and what had happened at the Pentagon in Washington and what had happened when the, I think it was Flight 91 went down in a field that we were under attack. We all have pictures just like this one ingrained in our mind from different events. And we have to remember them. This coming Saturday is 20 years since that happened. It's hard to believe because I can remember it just like it was yesterday. We have to remember. We have to honor the past and remember in this picture how many lives were lost. They had done nothing but were going to work that morning. This was a tragic day in the history of America. But out of that, we saw so many stories of people who were heroes, who put their life on the line for others. You know, that's what Jesus calls us to do, to be willing to, to lay our life down for another. He specifically, Sheldon mentioned it uh, a couple weeks ago when he was talking about marriage, that our job as husbands is to be willing to lay our life down for our wife, just as Christ did for the church. Now, I remember a story, something that I experienced that was, was not great. I was going to be baptized, and I don't remember what day it was or even the time of year. I, I feel like it might have been August or something, I don't know why, of, of 1984. I was six years old. My dad and stepmom were in town to come see me be baptized. So I had stayed the night with my granny. Uh, they lived over in Eastridge. Uh, back then, seat belts weren't what they are now and car seats and all that stuff. So we loaded up in my granny's Chevrolet Citation. I don't know if you know what that is. My granny drove. My stepsister sat in the front seat. I sat in her lap in the back seat. My uncle was a football player for Paladora High School, and he had, uh, I believe, broken his leg. So he was kind of like this with his foot up because he had a cast. And then my two cousins, Angie and Kendra, were sitting in the back seat just best they could with him. We're driving down Emerald Boulevard on the way to church. I was so excited because I was going to get baptized. And we were hit. Somebody rear-ended us. I think I remember him being, uh, it was a drunk driver, hit us, shattered out the back window of the car. So glass all over my uncle and my two cousins. They were bleeding. They were okay, but they were bleeding. Um, my stepsister got whiplash, had to call um, 911. They had to take her by ambulance. So my dad and stepmom, who were not in the car with us, had to go there. I finally got to church, but it was a little bit late. I was able to get baptized that morning. But my dad and stepmom didn't get to make it. And it was still a great day because it was me 
following through my journey, I became a believer in Christ. And so I was so excited to get baptized and be able to tell everyone and show everyone. But it was a challenge for me to get there that morning. And even then, the enemy was working in some way, I imagine, trying to stop me from getting there to be baptized. I'll never forget that morning. Now, I'm sure I've forgotten a lot of details from it. But because it was the morning that I was baptized and it was a huge life-changing milestone, I'll never forget what happened. But that didn't stop me from following through in believer's baptism. Today, we're going to remember something else. We're going to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Uh, if you didn't grab your, um, your cup, they're right outside this door. You can go do that right now because we're going to take that in a minute. You know, Jesus was on a journey through his life. Jesus knew exactly how his life was going to end. Jesus even prayed, Father, please, if there's any other way that we can do this, if there's anything else we can do, please, please let's do that. Because even though he was all God, he was all human. And so he was scared. But he said, but nevertheless... It's not what I want. It's what you want. Your will. Your will be done. And so Jesus continued on. And even though his apostles, who didn't understand what was going on, fought so hard to try to stop it, he kept telling them, no. No. Get back. This, this is what has to happen. And he allowed himself to be beaten to have that crown of thorns put on his head, to be nailed to a cross, his side pierced so that his blood could cover us and wash us clean. We all are on a journey. Everyone in this room is on a journey. Sometimes that journey is, is awesome and it's great. And sometimes it's hard and it feels like you're walking uphill into a blizzard and you can't see in front of you. That's when you have to trust and have faith in God that you will see a victory. So today, as we're about to take communion in a minute. I'm going to read this verse out of Luke 22. In Jesus' words, he says, taking the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Eat it in my memory. And he did the same with the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant written in my blood blood that was poured out for you. Pray with me.
Father, we come before you this morning. And before we drink of the cup and we eat this bread and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. Father, stir our hearts. Move in us this morning. Help us to see and remember all of the things you have done in our life. That even in those moments that are so tough and challenging and hard, even in those moments, we would see your hand. Father, today we remember the blood of Jesus. We remember his broken body. We are thankful that through his blood that we are washed clean. Father, we were reminded in 1 John 4 that says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Father, we are here this morning and we hear those words and we receive the sacrifice. We recognize what you did for us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. For a few moments this morning, maybe just spend a moment in quiet reflection and when you're ready, when you're ready, you can drink of the cup and eat the bread. If you feel like you need prayer, Michael and Judy are up here. They would be honored to pray with you. But let's remember this morning what Jesus did for us.